You're listening to the Rogers Sporting Goods Podcast. This is Aaron Jones. This is Chandler Smith, and I hate long intros, so let's get into it. So I, I took Chris's son and my son waterfowl hunting on, on a Saturday, so it was a youth waterfowl opener. And we go out there and go hunting. And Chris is our whitetail product manager, right? They have such a good time shooting ducks. He was like, Dad, can we please come back tomorrow? And he's like, we're supposed to go shoot whitetail tomorrow. Please, Dad, let me go back tomorrow. <laughs> so Chris says, okay. So tomorrow comes on Sunday. Now it's Chris's son and Chris's daughter and my son. So they're all there. And by the time we're like, okay. Ducks are done. They had some good shooting. My son shot a double on merganzers. I was like, <laughs> if you're going to double up, like, let's try something else besides a merganzer. But whatever, yeah. right? So they do that. And I'm like, all right, guys, let's start picking up. And they're like, no, no. Chris's son stands up, puts his hands in the air, and goes, waterfowl hunting is the best hunting ever. <laughs> <laughs> Justin was like, ah. I saw the tears just come down, prison <laughs> tears come down Chris's cheek. I was like, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh, mainly whitetail and turkey, and and then this is waterfowl was new for him? Uh, yeah, waterfowl was new for Besides oh. your son shot a couple geese off your pond. Yes, he does. He shoots plenty of those. So. <laughs> but you've had some really good luck with your kids' big game hunting, like whitetail, turkey. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, we're here at the Sitka headquarters in Bozeman, Montana. Um, this is Aaron, and we've got Chandler here, too. Yep, Chandler to the right. And then let's go around the table and everybody introduce yourself. So, Justin Julian, I'm the global sales leader for Sitka. Been here about three and a half years. All right. Uh, Chris Derrick, Whitetail product manager. Been here about uh, coming up on five years. Really? It's been that five, long? Five years, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I'm John Barklow. I'm the big game product manager. I've been here a little over seven. So, yeah, we've got quite the, the crew here today. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to talk everything we can about anything and everything. Yeah, we, we came up here and looked at a lot of the new stuff for 2022 um, and uh, a lot of new gear for all, all of it, for whitetail, big game, waterfowls tomorrow, a bunch of good stuff. So, yeah, we wanted to get on a podcast, but um, – We've got comic relief in the form of Justin. That's good. He's the entertainment factor. That's what I'm good at. That's good. I'm an adult babysitter. That's what I do for a living. You need the babysitter? No, I am the adult babysitter. Gotcha. All right. Not sure what that says about the rest of the adults. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those situations where you look for an adultier adult. (laughs) You you got to do that sometimes. That's not Justin. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. so let's see. We did some videos with Chris today. We talked about some of the new whitetail products, and we went through the packs and all of that. So what are you excited about for some of the new whitetail products this year? Like what what uh, sticks for, out? From my standpoint, just with 2022, I think my favorite project has been the Equinox Guard just, just because so many people can relate to this. The number of uh, tick-borne illnesses that people are coming across and coming down with just seems like it's on the rise. And that I, hits home with you. Yeah, my, my daughter has had Lyme disease. I work with Dr. Carl Miller at UGA. He's had two tick-borne illnesses. I know some people in her office have family members that have had either Lyme disease or star eye or Rocky Mountain spotted fever, all of those. So 
and and talking to Carl too, he said, you know, 20 years ago, I don't, I didn't see this number of, you know, we didn't see ticks at all where we were in Pennsylvania. And he said, you know, though, those number of has just grown and grown. And now because it's so under underreported, it's somewhere between 300,000 and a half a million cases a year, but you know, maybe only a hundred and something thousand get reported. So it's, 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 it's cool to get to actually work on a project that you think is going to, I'll, I'll never know the true benefit because None of us know when we didn't get um, Lyme disease or Rocky Mountain spotted fever, but I'm sure we're preventing people from getting those uh, types of diseases just by developing a really easy-to-use apparel system that stops them. I haven't had a tick in three years. so. And this is all the Equinox Guard, the pant, the hoodie, the glove? Absolutely. Awesome. Now, when you were working with those doctors, did they say anything what their reasoning was behind behind the high increase in cases is it because there's more illnesses there's more ticks or more people are getting outdoors or a combination of all i it's from carl's standpoint and he's an entomologist actually before he even became running the deer lab so uh the the number is going up but we're also getting better at uh discovering them so you know, there's, there's a lot more um, ways of actually being able to identify those types of diseases. I think that, that that just all of those things are growing. So the number of vectors, the number of types of, of ticks, uh, number of uh, diseases is spreading uh, with that. So it definitely is growing on all fronts. So, yeah, the Equinox Guard um, clothing. And we've, we've had it on our website. We sold out of it all within the week. Um, it's a great product. It's extremely lightweight extremely breathable stretchy and again it's got what the two factors it, it, the one is how tightly woven the material is and two the insect shield yeah we uh the way that works was we use both mechanical and chemical means so the mechanical me- means can be just as simple as that really lightweight internal leg gator it goes inside your sock tick crawls up under the hem of your pant, hits the gator, can't go anywhere, right? But then the permethrin-based insect shield that we use causes the tick to drop away. So that's the the chemical means, which is permethrin-based, but it's actually infused for the life of the garment. You don't have to retreat it. So part of me just being a lazy individual, sometimes I'm not going to, like I would just head and out, I'm not going to take the time to, to basically treat my clothes or anything along those lines. I'm just going to hit the field. It's already in there, and then they're going to drop away. You don't bring them home to your house or your family. Well, I like the fact that it's already in there because I couldn't tell you how many times I've been like, oh, I think I'm going to go, oh, wait, i got to spray this stuff the day before I'm supposed to go. You want to let it dry for 24 hours, and I haven't done that because I forget. Right. So just the simple fact of not having to spray your garment in advance or to remember to do that, that's a huge bonus right there. And don't forget mosquitoes. I lived in Minnesota for 10 and a half years. You can put a saddle on those mosquitoes. And it is the state bird, the mosquito. <laughs> I mean, and really, like everything, early whitetail, early waterfowl, I mean, those damn things will carry you away. So this stuff works for the mosquitoes quite well as well. Yeah, what, with what we did from the mosquito front is we partnered with like an insect testing lab. We used a heated blood membrane. So basically, uh, you, you take some blood, you heat it up, you release 20 uh, 80s adipti female mosquitoes. A lot of people don't know the females are the ones that actually feed on you, not the males. We, they go into a cage, and essentially you leave them in there for 20 minutes. You use a, all the different textiles you want to test in a control textile. Um, and then after 20 minutes, you put, them, put the cage in the freezer. That knocks the mosquitoes down, then you can pick them up. It's as simple as putting them on a white piece of paper, and you squish them. Mm-hmm. They turn red, they 
drank. If they didn't, they, you know, they didn't feed. And so you can actually pinpoint which textiles are going to reduce the number of feeding. So I'm not going to say like, oh, you'll never get bit. You know, it's, it's about reduction. So the, the textile is super like paper thin, like it feels ultra light, but we're, we're reducing the number of mosquito bites. Like I've, I've worn this in a tree stand in South Carolina, sitting there for four hours and, you know, what do mosquitoes do? They just sit there and work on you, like, where well, you sit there and not move mm-hmm. and just take it. And maybe I'll take one or two bites. So that's it. Normally, I would take 30 or 40. Bear so. hunting is awful for mosquitoes. Yeah. So yeah. I can't imagine doing it without something like that. It's just it'd be awful. Yeah, I, I, I was when during the field testing period, I, my wife and I went on a spring bear hunt here in Montana. I was like, Montana, I'm not going to have to deal with mosquitoes, right? Stupid me. Um, and <laughs> so we went and sat in a really wet kind of low area and where we found some bear sign and we're wearing just the lightweight hoodie, um, which is a great piece, but it's not built for insect protection, right? It's built for breathability. Uh, it just got totally annihilated, came back in with the prototypes, not a one. We didn't, neither of us took a single bite that whole, that whole hunt for, so the first day we just left after 30 minutes, we're like, forget it. We'll come back another day. It's not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> that insect shield lasts like 70 washes, 75 washes. That's the, it lasts longer, but that's the efficacy rating that yeah. we, that 75 washes is, is where we test to. And that's considered the life of a garment yeah. is that's 75 washings. Yeah. Justin, how many times do you wash your camo clothes a year? Two, maybe. Two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So you're years. Me. I, uh, basically, whenever Barclow says, hey, I can smell you from over here, wash those clothes, that's when I go wash them. Yeah, so 35 <laughs> years in that. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't even be alive 35 more years. We're good. Yeah, it's a lifetime garment there. <laughs> it literally, yep. It's literally. Okay, so you like, Chris, you're, you're all about that Equinox Guard, which is a great product, but that's what's caught your attention, which I like it, and it's yeah. offered in. A lot. You know, I mean, we got elevated to... We have uh, timber and subalpine. I don't know if I'm missing any. No, nope. that's exactly right. That's right. But it's so univ- we talked about how it, it goes in the bear and the whitetail in September and the teal in September and mm-hmm. early goose, you know, up in the northern you know, state, Minnesota, early goose, sure. or something like that. It's like in August. Yeah, know? there's September 1 or something. They're yeah. so early. Yeah, yeah. so because I think there's dove season and early yeah. goose, they all open the same day. There's just that time slot that needs that lightweight and – you know, mosquito, tick, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially before the first freeze, you know. Mm-hmm. First freeze really knocks those things down. But anytime before that, it's a great piece to have. Absolutely. John, what uh, what gets your attention this year? Which, I mean, obviously you're the, you've got several products that are your babies, but which one um, are you really excited about this year? I don't know. What am I allowed to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Fall 22. Can I talk about Fall 22? Yeah, yeah. When are you going to publish this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> release it. Yeah, Fall 22. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Ambient. Easy. Yeah, ambient. The uh, the, the ambient jacket and the ambient hoodie um, jackets for men and women and the hoodies for, for men at least first year. But, yeah, it's this active insulation piece that we, we've had similar pieces for big game. Think Kelvin Active Jacket, Kelvin Active Hoodie, but we've kind of improved upon those. At the same time, we've offered some women's versions, but then more importantly, maybe, or more broadly, I should say, um, we're offering them for the waterfowl hunter, for the whitetail hunter. So, you know, anytime you're out there moving around, it's a little bit cold, you need something to stay a little warm, 
but you're generating sweat. You're generating body. And so this insulation really is adaptable. It breathes. It's got this really nice, lightweight, durable face on it that's going to shed some light precipitation. It's going to allow you to rub up against a tree. You know, so think setting fields of decoys. Hike into your tree stand in the morning where you don't want to overdress, but you need something to get you there without sweating too much. Climbing to the top of a ridge to glass or bugle. That's what this ambient platform is is all about. And, you know, you guys have seen it. It's really soft. It's really quiet. Um, the insulation is the liner. So when you open the jacket and you look at it and it's got this fuzzy liner, that's actually the insulation. So by doing that, you can cut down on a layer of material. So it's just an awesome performance piece, but it's got this really broad range of application that that that's why I'm excited about. Yeah, getting my hands on it again. I think it's great for like you were talking about the exact applications and even for turkey hunting because a lot of times when in the Midwest when we're turkey hunting, it's one of those things where in the morning it it might be 36 38 degrees, but by noon it's 80 degrees. So you just need a little something more than just a, a you know, a, a base layer or a lightweight jacket or a vest or something just to keep you a little bit warm, but yet if you're going to uh, you know, run and gun and try to locate those birds or maybe you have them located and so you're just going to set up something with a little bit more oomph to it. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough to see turkey launch and, and have that huge success and not be able, I told you, not be able to talk about ambient because I think it's potentially the perfect run and gun piece. Absolutely. Right? Or, or part of that system to go, you know, just dovetail perfectly with that turkey system. Um, you know, just the way things rolled out and delays, you know, we couldn't launch it at the same time. But I, I had to bite my tongue to not, talk about it by mistake because i just think it's it's going to be the perfect spring turkey piece mm -hmm. and that's offered in several options a full zip and a half zip yeah so the jacket's going to be a full zip it's going to be in 150 grams of insulation and then the hoodie is a half zip very minimal features it's in 100 gram of insulation so it's going to be a little lighter so it's kind of a like a core heavyweight hoodie something like that, but on steroids, right? Mm -hmm. It's like this really kind of cool performance piece. But, you know, we had, I think I, we had four, four or five uh, protos in the office in, in women's sizes and, you know, gave them out to some, some women here in the building. And you always know you have a great piece and you're on to something when the people you give the garment to with full understanding that they need to use it, provide, you know, input, and then give it back. And they're like, I'm not giving it back. <laughs> and it's just because it feels so nice and, and it, you know, it looks good too. But, you know, there's a couple solid colors. I think we're rolling out lead and black. So it, it's just going to be an awesome piece. And the nice thing is when you're wearing this and you stop, it's not like you have to take this off to then put something else on. So as an example, you're setting those deeks in the field. It's a cold morning, you're moving, you're just maintaining the body heat. And then when you go to get in, say, a blind, you just layer over top of it. Or, you know, potentially same with a, a whitetail hunter, right? You can just layer over top of it. Or the big game hunter gets to a glassy knob, he just layers over top of it. So it's, it's very adaptable, it's very versatile, very lightweight, as you, as you saw, really packable. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's the piece I'm excited about the most. There's obviously a couple others, but that's the one I'm most excited about. What's also pretty neat is because of the insulation he was talking about, you don't need a separate liner 
the basically the insulation becomes the liner because normally when you think of a puffy jacket you've got your face you've got your lofted insulation and then you usually have some sort of internal liner to hold that insulation in place and this kind of acts as that and so that's been it's deceivingly warm because yeah. i was one of the field testers for it and like the jacket like is the perfect whitetail piece, you know, because it's a little bit heavier for that stationary sit. And then I've even paired the two up together, which is quite nice. So Yeah. Well, I, I told you that, you know, we, we field test some of these things or at least the, the technology sometimes for quite a few years. And so two years ago, I shot my Iowa whitetail wearing a prototype of the ambient hoodie um, that, you know, interestingly enough, if anybody, because I was – with somebody who's active on social media and they act, they were actually there and they took a picture and threw it up on social media and I was wearing the prototype that had an orange liner and I'm just like oh my god like the world's gonna know and for some reason nobody caught it that I was literally <laughs> wearing it but yeah we've been we've been trying this out and testing different combinations for a couple of years now so that's why it's like mm-hmm. hard to not talk about some things sometimes that uh you know, you, you know we're done, and they're just waiting for them to launch. Exactly. So, yeah, I could see why, again, I can, with turkey season, you know, I could see exactly why you would want to launch it for turkey season. I bet that was tough, but it is what it is. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just to circle back on the Equinox Guard, uh, it had been two years ago now, I went to Alaska. Was it two years ago or last year? Anyways, I went to Alaska caribou hunting. And, of course, I know out in the tundra it's going to be a lot of mosquitoes and things, and I took the Equinox Guard. Of course, it wasn't necessarily intended for big game. We'll call it big game hunting, but the technology and the pants and the hoodie, I mean, it was everything you could ever want to go out and run around the tundra with mosquitoes around. So it it actually did great in that application as well. So, that you know, I think what you're hearing from us is there's some pieces coming out that, that have a lot of versatility and bandwidth across all these hunting spectrums that, that people can, you know, invest in this one piece, but then wear it across multiple seasons, actually the whole year, mm-hmm. depending on what they're doing. Yeah. Justin, what are your thoughts? What are you excited about <clears throat> this year? You know, I'm, I'm torn. Um, I'm super excited about Traverse, right? And we've kind of redone what Traverse means and what it is. And why I'm excited about that is, is this brand is so unique that people come in and ask for products by their name, right? Mm-hmm. There's not probably a lot of other companies out there that make apparel that says, oh, I want the Hudson jacket, right? <laughs> but people find find their passionate pieces, right? And the way this brand has been built and evolved, right, we're built on the back of big game. You know, then came Whitetail, then came Waterfowl. You know, we've had all these pieces that were very similar but had different names and lived in different areas. But now for a consumer, like for me, if I love the Traverse jacket or Traverse hoodie, I can buy that hoodie and I'm a waterfowl guy through and through, but I also big game hunt and I can use that same piece, buy it in subalpine, and I know how to use it. I know how to layer with it, right? Because I've had so much experience. So I think we're gonna make that shopping experience so much easier for people. When they fall in love with something, they can also buy it for all these different disciplines, right? And you hear about that that same piece, like John just said, of being able to go all the way across the line and be able to do all the things you do because, let's face it, nobody's a specialist anymore, right? Everybody hunts a little bit of everything. You have the one thing you love, but then you have these other things you chase around during that, throughout the year. So I'm pretty excited about the Traverse, being able to, to bring that to folks and make things a little easier from the Sitka line. And we certainly still, 
you know, we'll never walk away from the specialized products. And, you know, we have some of those in the works right now that, you know, we can't talk about, but I'd love to. But uh, so we'll never walk away from that. And, and those specialized pieces need to be there to help that person, you know, perform whatever that discipline is of hunting. But there's also these pieces, like Justin said, like Traverse, it's like, man, I love that. Like, why don't you make that in, say, Marsh? You know, you only offer it in open country. And we got to thinking about that. We're like, you know what? You're right. That there, there is some, there is some cross pollination that could occur. That's going to help that consumer, you know, understand or fall in love with the Traverse. What do we call it? The Traverse Universe. Traverse. You know, Traverse Chris, Universe. Chris, Chris, Chris worked on on that whole program. But uh, you know, people have, in, as an example, the jet stream. You know, we just talked about the jet stream earlier. But you know, people love the jet stream. But you may find a waterfowl hunter that loves a jet stream but it's not offered or wasn't until this year offered in say marsh and it's like that might be the perfect piece for them it's a piece they understand they love uh, but now it's offered in marsh for maybe some of those earlier season you know late late fall type type hunts so um yeah i think that's gonna i think that's gonna bring a lot of uh, energy to uh the people yeah then i'd say my second Close second, maybe even a first, is the turkey vest. You oh, know? yeah. Being from Missouri, I've shot more turkeys than George Washington. <laughs> I can't back that up. But, <laughs> but I've definitely hunted turkey all my life, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's just a thing we hunt in Missouri and, and yep. kind of grew up on that. That's our Midwest elk, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not a guy that likes a vest with a seat and all that weird stuff on there, right? I've never been that guy. And when I got this last spring and was able to turkey hunt with it, I was like, oh, man, I can see the benefit of this, right? Not getting any wet rear ends anymore. And, you know, just being able to use that vest and have your calls where you need them. I was always a backpack guy, and I was kind of rummaging around for calls, and turkeys are running away from me faster than they're coming to me. But I think this thing's got it dialed for, for what for what turkey hunters really need. Two things I really like about the turkey vest um, are one that yes, everything has a pocket, so nothing's gonna rattle around because I've done the same thing before, a fanny pack or a backpack, it calls rattle around, everything rattles around and then it makes noise. And two, it's truly a universal fit. Like it can go right. small, small, and you can keep that thing snug to you or it'll, it'll fit you know a larger guy. Uh, there's so many turkey vests that you try to put on a smaller frame person and the thing's just, it's, it's huge. It just doesn't fit right. They're not a true universal fit. So this thing will fit. Yeah. I'm so excited. Like if I jump on a plane, I forget mine. I can borrow Justin's <laughs> exactly. giant and then I'm good to go. <laughs> so Big boy yeah. country breakfast. <laughs> That's right. I would say my, one of my favorite products is probably going to be the updated jet stream simply because it's one product now that literally will cover every type of hunter. It'll cover the waterfowler, the big game, the turkey, the whitetail, the, someone who just wants a casual solid. Like, it is the one product that now I think it, it crosses all categories. So I think that's super exciting. It just it, there's, there's nobody that got left out on that one. And the updates are nice. And one thing that we were talking about, John, is, man, it does have a great hand. That thing feels awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm not going to tell you we planned it that way, but sometimes <laughs> you get lucky. But yeah. uh, it really does. It's it's very nice what uh what the team was able to do with that so yeah you, you guys both mentioned new like recycled uh fabrics or recycle you know getting recycled source tell us a little bit more about that um is that something real new or or you've been working on that stuff 
Well, I'll just say like the the entire company, I would say, has like a just thinking about the environment or, you know, we're all like I think it's natural in the way that we talk about a lot of people, I think, from outside the industry think about hunters like we don't care about the environment. But we're we're so tied to the land like, you know, I grew up, you know, with my property and my farm and, you know, all the stuff that we had, you know, and I was going there every weekend in college you know, I drive up to my no, my place and I'm tied. I'm trying to improve the land and everything else. And I think the mindset that, that we have is like, we're a part of this environment. So we want to do the right thing. So if we're, we're making a jacket, we're going to try and figure out how to use recycled textiles. So, I mean, that's waste that's out there. How can we turn around and reapply it as long as it doesn't um, mess up the performance of the jacket? You know, it's, it's, there's plenty of ways you can maintain performance uh, but doing uh, um, maybe a re- more responsible build and then just thinking about how you're going to build it so it lasts life. Like none of these jackets are anything that you should be turning around and throwing away after four or five years. I mean, these are jackets that you should be staying in your closet for a long time, and then we have a repair facility to, you know, you bust a zipper, which does happen, send it in, get it repaired. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that is a thing that as a company we look at, right? Sustainability, right? And sustainability is not just recycled materials or materials good for the earth, but it's also how do we repair these pieces, you know, so we can get it back out in the field and not you have to throw it away and go get another one. So something we're always looking to get better and better at every year. And I think we're doing a good job of, of looking at that every time we build new products. We ask those questions, you know, what does this look like? Yeah, yeah. we had talked about that a little bit with the Jetstream, mm-hmm. that when we were going to update this product after 14 years, we wanted to look at all the things we'd just been talking about. Obviously, we got, you know, that recycled face is, quite frankly, it feels better than the existing face, right, the incumbent. But then we also built in, you know, the, de- the design and, and the construction to where, you know, if somebody does break a zipper, it's easier, more cost-effective to replace that zipper so that that jacket gets back to that consumer quicker and that person has that for a very long time. So it, it's it's a combination of things, and I was hoping Chris would touch on that. That's why I kind of hesitated because, you know, he's he's been a big part of that. But uh, it's it's definitely something that if we can do it, we're, we're absolutely looking to do. Uh, we don't want to give up performance in, in you know, in turn, uh, but I think technology is kind of keeping pace with us where we have more options than ever now that this just becomes part of what we do. I think it would be cool to see garments and pieces and backpacks, you know, 30 years from now. I still got, I'll, have, I'll probably still have my forest green tool bucket, you know, <laughs> 30 years from now, which is an old, my whitetail backpack. I haven't changed that yet. But it would be cool to, to see that further down the line. What uh, What's your favorite product or that what thing hits with you? Probably the ambient half-sip hoodie. But it, the, uh, the traversity was in there also. But the ambient, the, the weight of it, I think, was very appealing. The pe- you know, being able to shove it in a pocket. You could probably shove it in a, a water bottle pocket if you needed to. Oh, yeah. And then throw it on or, you know, you know it's an active you know piece. Take it off and... If it gets too hot or whatever, layer on top. How do you see yourself using it? I mean, I. Are you going to need one for turkey, one for whitetail, and one for waterfowl? Yeah, I would. So <laughs> I was like thinking, like, okay, do I get a do I get a solid because it could blend in in like three or four different categories, or do I you know need multiple camos? But because the solid could also be casual as well. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, 
because turkey, I imagine that would piece would be, you know, an early morning take it off, and then waterfowl depends. You'd layer over top when you're in December, mm -hmm. but maybe in maybe in October or no early November you might take it off as well. You might get too hot in the day, so I think you might have to look into solids or whatnot. Yeah, the half sip though. I like half sip. That you do. What else do we want to hit on? I don't know. Who's got any fun trips planned this year? That's exactly where mm. I was going with that. John, where are you going? I don't exactly know where I'm going yet. Okay. I, I never really know. <laughs> I always try to get my Montana plans first. Mm -hmm. Elk is always my number one priority in my season, so I have to take make that the focus. If I can get a bowl, like, I'm good. So Montana just – kind of changed everything as far as archery elk here so nobody really knows what the draws are gonna are oh, gonna gosh. hold but uh you know right away spring bear got a couple places to go a couple different states for spring bear turkey's more of an opportunistic thing for me um train all summer and then obviously elk and then my whitetail plans i kind of i kind of let my whitetail plans evolve a little later in the year because oftentimes not always, but oftentimes you don't have to draw some of these states. So they can be, again, a little bit opportunistic, but I, I really like to go on two, three whitetail hunts a year, kind of that late October, early November season. And then something I've been trying to go back and do, and I just haven't been able to kind of clear my schedule, but I want to go back to West Texas and and continue to hunt uh, Audad oh, yeah. with, with a bow. So it's it's a legit hunt maybe the only sheep hunt I'll get to do now that I left Alaska. So, you know, I want to go back there. And so I want to keep my schedule open that uh, middle of October period to, to maybe go do that. So Awesome. Chris, what about you? Uh, well, I've just got back from uh, Osceola, so I was able to get that. I'm headed for a Eastern um, this next week from a turkey standpoint. I'm hoping to get my Merriam. I may have to just... I was like, oh, late, uh, do I add the Rio on of course and just you do. do it? So <laughs> kind of like talked to my wife. I kind of floated the idea. And I, I did get side eye, but I could tell she understood. So, um, so you're going for the single season slam. I, I haven't decided if I'm going to go. It all depends on what happens with the Eastern this weekend. And then I'll, I'll decide because I figure the Merriam's actually pretty close. So I have to decide because I, I, my family all hunts now. So this might be the year where I'm like, do I be selfish? And like, <laughs> think, you know, I it's not. You just take the whole family to hunt Rios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what like you fun. do. Um, and then, uh, and you know, from a whitetail standpoint, like a lot of times, I'll I'll mix it in with elk. Like the September here, I'm like the only one in the woods yeah. hunting whitetails. Uh, so I'll go in between, and it's just like, you know, I I enjoy it. So and and the people leave it to me here, so I'm fine with that. And then um, I get to go to Jim Holes and. Uh, Canada, so which is always a unique experience. I mean, he is the original silent fanatic, so uh, I always enjoy going up to his place. I mean, I don't have to take a test anymore to go up in the tree stand. It's wonderful. So, and all my stuff's already taped up with hockey tape, so I usually can hit the field the very first day. Now, whitetail hunting, are you tree stand, saddle? Like, what's your thing? Uh, I do both. Um, so, if I've got like on the place that I I hunt, I'll set fixed stands. But then I'll keep a mobile setup. So my the deer that I shot actually while Justin was waterfowl hunting uh, on the same property nearby, I, I shot with uh, a saddle just because uh, there was an area that we call the pinch. And he um, the, the, the deer were all funneling up and 
just with the cottonwood size that we have around here, there was just no trees that I had set early season. I'd never really hunted that spot, so I didn't know their travel corridors. And then after like four times sitting there and seeing them all go just kind of out of range, I was like, well, there's the one tree that had a kind of diameter base height of, you know, about uh, 11 inches. But then when you're getting 20 feet in the air, you know, it's much smaller. <laughs> so every inch of that thing was moving. So I, I set up ran my saddle um used a climbing aider with just like three sticks uh climbing aider got up and set up and was able to take him so i i do i i picked up the saddle thing a couple of years ago and i'll tell you what after you do that and you start to realize i i can run in with climbing aiders and my whole setup's like under 12 pounds like it, the whole stand before weight 23 you know just for just without the sticks so you know you're like this is the way to go. Justin, what about you? What are you doing this year? I sure as heck ain't hunting whitetail on the trees. Out of a saddle. Chris conned me into it this last year. He was like, hey, we got one week. Nobody's hunting. Would you like to go hunt whitetail? I was like, fine, I'll go give it a shot. Uh, I don't like heights, so it's not all that fun for me to sit up in those trees with the wind whipping at 30 miles an hour. I'm like, I'm falling out of this thing for sure. What stand did I put you in? Uh, I've, I hunted a lot of different stands. Did you? And there were some scary ones. Yeah, I put – there was one that was in that, like, kind of, like, semi-rotten willow, but it was, like, right uh, at another place. Hey, I was what, like, I didn't put you in that one. Chris weighs probably 130 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> I weigh 230 pounds dry, <laughs> dry weight without any beer in my belly. Uh, yeah, that's uh, – those trees stands he has aren't me meant for a real man-sized person to sit up in. <laughs> Um, you know, I've got, uh, we're going to try to t put together a Rio hunt down in Texas. Um, we've got, I think a pretty good spot to go to there. So we're going to try to do that. And then I'm going to come back here to Montana and I have an 11 year old that shot his first turkey last year on opening afternoon. And so he thinks that's the best thing in the world because he shot one opening afternoon. So I'll have to take him and some of our buddies kids out and maybe I can get to shoot one as well. And then, uh, then I go. I go into elk season. Um, I actually last year shot my first antelope with a bow, and so I put in for a rifle tag this year. Just to, I, I bought a new rifle, so I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. What'd you get? That. I got a Christensen. Okay. Uh, and I got a suppressor and everything all set up. What so caliber? I'm doing the uh, 6.5 PRC. Excellent. Yeah, and, and I bought I bought it really for my 11 year old uh, with a suppressor. You know, he's he's. He's at least smart enough to know that ear protection and all that stuff's important while hunting, where dad has done it so long that I can't hear anything anymore. So uh, I figured this would be a nice gun for him and I to share, and, and he, he used for whitetail hunting this fall. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited about the antelope hunting. If I can do that with the rifle, it'll be fun. It'll be the first time for me to draw a rifle tag in Montana. Uh, and then I'll put in – I usually put in for a brakes tag, archery only for elk. Um and do that with a couple friends, and that's always a good time. It's really hard hunting out there. It's like high desert, you know, uh, not a lot of trees to hide behind, and it's usually pretty hot, but uh, it is fun hunting for those out there. And then I go the third week of September to Colorado for an elk hunt, um, and then we'll come back, and I'll, I'll take my boy on the youth waterfowl hunt, probably take Chris's kids with me again, <laughs> and, uh, and, then, uh, and then we'll go right into youth um, whitetail season for them or, or, or deer season here they can pick a mule deer as well um which is fun for for them for me as well to go do that so 
And then, fingers crossed, my bucket list bird is to go shoot a king eider this year. Ooh. I talked about it last year. John and I kind of talked about some people he knew that I could probably go up and hunt with. I just couldn't pull it off with, with some different things going on, but it's on the list for this year. So That'd we'll be see. fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. What else do we want to hit on? I don't know. I mean, I was planning on chasing turkeys on a kayak down some, some public ground that you re- it's not landlocked, but you really can't get to it unless you're on water. So that's what I'm going to do this year. That's in like two weeks. In Missouri? Yeah. yeah. Nice. So I'll be, you know, shot gobbling them and stuff like that, cruising down, and then running, running after them from there. It'll be fun. You know, we did that growing up, right? I grew up on Truman Lake there, yeah. so we called it the Hillbilly Triathlon. We'd go out <laughs> in the morning in the boat. And in Truman Lake, there's some islands there yeah. that you shot gobble and get out there and shoot a turkey, and then you come out and catch a limit of crappie, and mm-hmm. then go find your morel mushroom. Oh, yeah. You got, you got your hillbilly triathlon nailed. Yeah, it's uh, the Missouri Slam. That's right. <laughs> Single-day Missouri Slam. That's right. Oh, yeah. Drop all of them in the fryer, and they're all good. Yeah. No, it's a funny thing. We have morels here, too, and I've been hunting them. Not a lot of people hunt them. There's a few people that do go out and chase mushrooms here, but that, it's actually pretty, pretty lucrative here. With all the burns and stuff, mm-hmm. you find a lot of good mushroom blooms. Now, what time of the year is it? Is it during turkey season here or is it a little later? It's a little later usually. It's it's in the same time frame, you know, but not early turkey season. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. That's crazy. What are you doing? What are you doing out in Kansas this year? Uh, deer. Definitely whitetail, possibly mule deer, and then turkey hunting. So I'll put in for uh, rifle pronghorn again. Um, still have a couple more years probably before I draw that one, and then I'll put in for the once-in-a-lifetime elk at Fort Riley, of course, which who knows? Mm-hmm. It could be a third-year draw. It could be a 30-year draw. You never know on that one once-in-a-lifetime, but you don't you don't win it if you don't put in. What's the what's the, what's the the turkey limit now in Kansas? Uh, most of Kansas is still one bird, and then western Kansas is two birds. So, And then I, I'll hunt Missouri for turkey and whitetail as well. So just the, tri- or the two-state area there. The season changed for Montana. I think you can shoot six turkeys in the spring. Is that right? I thought you said seven if you played it right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Well, because there's there's d- d- general, and then you've got like five and seven, and you can add those, and then two has like, it's like a weird like hen gobbler yeah. thing up there. So it's like it's you can, yeah. You if you. If you played it right, you could have a good time. What subspecies are here? All Merriam? All Merriam. Yeah. All Merriam. Huh. Interesting. And then we have a fall season as well, which you can actually, it's something crazy, like 10 or 12 birds that you can, if you do it between spring and fall, you can <laughs> shoot and a lot of turkeys. Missouri and Kansas both have a, a, a fall season, but it, I've never really gotten into it. Yeah. You know, this year I, I focused on the boys so much that I really didn't get uh, lucky enough to score a turkey in the spring but in the fall i actually shot my turkey so it was like hey this is great because the fall you can turn and you can shoot hens or yeah or or tom so i was like yeah this is great it was duck hunting turkeys came up i was like look time to go turkey hunting (laughs) (laughs) what else oh it's good gear coming out yeah there's lots of good gear and we saw some we're not going to talk about because we can't but man it's awesome it's good stuff it's it's fun I'm kind of jealous that you all get to see all this fun stuff. I like like seeing all the new stuff. Yeah, every once in a while you're just like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be so jealous because we definitely get in some 
heated conversations about what to make and not to make. And sure. Arm wrestling contest. There's no shortage of good ideas. There's no shortage of good well, ideas. Well, that's, yeah, that's the truth. Everybody's got an idea. Everybody's got an opinion. So, yeah, it's hard to make everybody happy. That doesn't work either. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about it at lunch. Just yeah. Different garments. Do we, do, do we think they'll work or sell? Or Appreciate everybody joining us. Justin, Chris, John, thanks for all being on here today. It was a good time. Yeah, so. thanks for coming up here and hanging out. You know, had yeah. a little bit of 60-degree weather yesterday. Woke up to snow this morning. Welcome to spring in Montana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anything else? We're good. All right, that's a wrap. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, go ahead and give us a subscribe. That way you're going to get a notification every time we put out a new podcast. Chandler, what else should they do? Go to our uh, social media pages and give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Uh, get a subscribe to YouTube channel. We do uh, product reviews there. And then uh, giveaways is a great part of our social media as well. And then we just want to thank you guys for what you guys do and support us so we can do stuff like this. So thank you.